Hello, friends of God around the world. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm always honored when people take uh, their valuable time to receive from this ministry. Every Thursday evening, a new broadcast premieres 6.30 Eastern, AbnerSuarez.com, also on social media and our YouTube channel. If you're watching this broadcast when it premieres, please like or share this broadcast. All archive broadcasts are available as well on AbnerSuarez.com. This week, I'm back with Pastor Tom Hauser. If you missed last week, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to uh, last week's program. He told us some about his journey moving into inner healing ministry, feeling totally unequipped, and then the power of God showing up. And it's really good, even if you're not called to that ministry, it's really good wisdom to have the word from God. The strategy from God and the timing. And the timing of God. And it's something we talked about last week. Uh, one of the things that is a uh, value, we said I said this last week, that uh, I want to see people walk in the fullness of uh, the purpose of God, the fruitfulness that God has called them to, to be. There is a brilliant reformer that's on the inside of you. And on that journey to walk out God's purpose for your life, and everybody has a purpose. Uh, some fundamentals of discipleship that we've discussed repeatedly in our conversations, in my teaching. This uh, We said this last week. Number one, uh, fundamentals of discipleship, baptism. Number two, baptism and baptisms of the Holy Spirit. And number three is deliverance. And uh, a lot of times among the body of Christ, even in America, even among charismatics, there's confusion as to deliverance? Do I need to be delivered? Did I get everything when I got born again? Do I need prayer ministry? Do I need to go see someone to see deliverance? And for me, I'm just going to tell you some of my journey, and then I'll have Pastor John, Tom jump in. Uh, and it's this, that many years ago, in my first year in ministry, I, uh, I, I was working with young people who were called, most of them were called to the ministry. They were passionate for God. They were pursuing the things of God, and but I saw that many of them had uh, habits or <laughs> attitudes in which they seemed stuck. And even though they loved God, even though they were praying, even though they were engaged in the Word, even though they were serving, even though they were learning about ministry, they were caught in particular patterns. And I remember we were actually at uh, the the Brownsville Assembly of God at the time, and I and. It was. I know it was a. It was a God moment. I, I looked at this uh, lady uh, who, at the time, her and her husband were on the staff of the Brownsville Revival School of Ministry, and I said, "Why is it that young people can be passionate for the Lord yet kind of still be stuck in 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 habitual things that they don't want to do that they they want to break free of?" And she handed me this book, and it was called So Free. And uh, she since has gone on to be with the Lord, and I and I and Bill has gone on to be with the Lord too. It was a book by Bill Sutton called So Free, and it began me on this journey to understand not only for myself. I think that wholeness in your heart it begins with yourself, but then as you experience it yourself, you want to see others walk through it. I want to say after 26 years of walking with the Lord, there are layers to this. Uh, I don't have any, uh, I can tell you honestly, I don't have any addictions. I don't have any uh, secret uh, skeletons in my closet. 
but I live with the awareness that I am still a work in progress. And if I don't choose to forgive, if I don't choose to walk past offense, I am opening a door to the enemy. And often people get caught up with, oh, are you possessed? But I am opening a door where the enemy could establish a place in my life. And I want to tell you, the enemy doesn't come to just have one little place where you're like, oh, I'm, I just had this little unforgiveness here. or I haven't. He comes to take over. So the open door comes to take over. And so what I've learned is that there are there there is a process as we walk out the freedom and the wholeness that God has given us. God begins by revelation to make us aware. We have this judgment. We have this thing that we brought in. A number of years ago, uh, probably about three years ago, I went through uh, just a very powerful encounter when I realized there was the Lord brought me back to my childhood and something came into my childhood that I if you if I shared with you the experience, well, that's a normal, normal kid just cry and stuff. But something that was still there, the Lord unlocked it for me. So it's this process of walking out this healing. So Pastor Tom, why don't you give your perspective on this? I just want to give like my very brief intro. So I say that the ministry and and um and there's different descriptions. I believe I I I, I distinguish deliverance from inner healing, counseling, different things. So there's different there, there, there's different ministries that help us walk out the wholeness that God yeah. has given us. What's your, what's your experience on this working with people for years, walking yeah. through your own stuff? Yeah. You know, that's good. I, I get often asked, uh, if I'm a believer, why do I need to go to inner healing? Exactly. You know, it's like, well, just to give you my own experience. Um, right. I was, I had worked for general electric for 25 years. I'm now full-time ministry. I'm here as an associate pastor years ago. And, uh, the senior pastor said, we're all going for inner healing. I said, no, I'm really good. You know, I, 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 I can preach about love and forgiveness. Yeah, goes, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going, you're going, you know, I'm a good soldier, so I salute. And uh, I ended up uh, going to a ministry called Victorious Ministries Through Christ. And uh, it was powerful. I walked in, I did the I did the stuff. I Who do I need to forgive? What do I need to confess? So I was, I did the homework. And in the midst of that, I had... Um, I had grown up with some issues. My dad was an alcoholic. He had PTSD. He was lieutenant colonel, had some war stuff that happened from Korea and World War II. And so I grew up in this environment. And um, in the midst of my ministry, it took, I didn't think you could pray anybody, five and a half, six hours. The first part was tell your story. And as I'm telling my story, mm. they're realizing this young man's got some daddy issues. Mm. And I thought I had worked through all that. Mm. And so all I can say is uh, there was some, uh, words of knowledge, the minister and his wife that were ministering to me. And I walked out of there realizing, oh my gosh, everybody's got to go to this. So, <laughs> so I said, if I ever have an opportunity, wouldn't it be wonderful to have a church that all their bags are unpacked? And so after I became senior pastor, um, we just encouraged that. And now, um, so, so let you me, went from going, no, I'm good. Uh, to everybody I, I walked out this. of there. I could float to the point where I realized, um, Stuff that had been in my knapsack I was carrying, anger, resentment, rejection, bitterness, unforgiveness. Um, I'm a victim. Mm. So let me give you some biblical basis of this. Yeah, good. Um, Philippians 1, 6 says, he who began the good work in you mm. will perform it to the day of Jesus Christ. Mm. So he's working, right? I love that uh, Michael W. Smith song. He's working even when I don't see him working. Mm. So he's working in us. Well, how about the scripture? This is one. Um, Remember in 1 John 1, 9, mm -hmm. it says, if I confess my sins to him, Jesus, 
he's faithful to forgive me from all unrighteousness. So Jesus doesn't need help from Tom or Abner. If I come and that person that person comes Escape. and confesses their sin, that sin, their slate, as far as east is from the west. I mean, that's really good news. Mm -hmm. It says, so, but what about the rest of the scripture? Jesus' half-brother James says it this way. Is it, let me read it. In, in, is any suffering among you, any hardships among you? Would you, is any afflicted, King James says. Well, would you tell me someone who's not having some kind of hardship in their life, right? But he goes on and says this. You should pray. And then he goes in verse 14. Is any sick among you? If there's any sick among you, let them call for the elders. Let them come and pray over them. Anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. Such prayer that's offered in faith shall heal the sick, and the Lord will make them well. And if you have committed any sins, you'll be forgiven. Verse 16. This is James 5, 16. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you might be healed. That Greek word sozoed, saved, healed, and delivered. So think about it this way. Yes, Jesus doesn't need help from Tom. A person comes and confesses sin. Their slates walk. Well, how come as believers that we still struggle with battles, hardships, torments, temptations? Doesn't he go on and, and James says, don't let anybody say that if you're tempted, you're tempted of God, mm -hmm. right? He goes on and says, and then what in 1 Corinthians 10, he says, 13, I think it is, says, um, if anyone is tempted, let, let them know that God has always provided a way out. Mm. So here we are, we battle. And so Christians come in and like, I'm supposed to have it all together, right? I got saved. So right, right. Uh, um, there is a journey in this. In the I got depths. saved. I got filled with the spirit. They told me I got everything. Yeah. Well, there is a journey in this. So think about this scripture. I love this scripture. In, uh, let me go to in Acts, uh, no, in, in Galatians 5.16. He says this. Uh, Paul, Paul obviously knew some stuff, right? Mm -hmm. you, you're probably familiar with the scripture. It says, living by the Spirit's power. This is Galatians 5.16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Now he's speaking to Christians. Mm -hmm. He's talking to believers here. And then he says, this sinful nature wants to do evil, just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives a desire that is opposite from what the sinful nature. Look at this verse, New Living Translation. This is uh, in verse uh, 17. Yeah. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you're not free to carry out your good intentions. Mm. King James says, um, the spirit and the flesh are contrary to one another so that you cannot do the things you would. Mm -hmm. So if I got everything, I, I recognize there are there's the power of the Holy Spirit. We we can probably journey into this where it says right. when when Jesus, we know the disciples believed in Christ, right? right? We know from Acts chapter one, he says in verse four, Acts one four, he says, "Don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends the gift that I've told you about before." It says he he met with them for many days to show that he was truly alive. He says he commanded them not to leave. So they got to stay in a city where he was just murdered. They're hiding out. Right. And he says, don't leave until the father sends the gift he promised. Verse 8 says this, Acts 1.8, when he comes, you'll receive power to become my witnesses. Well, so we know they're believers. We know what happens in Acts chapter 2. Pentecost falls. The power is given. Yep. And then we see persecution comes to the church. In Acts chapter 8, a very interesting scripture that I was never taught in all the churches I went to. I'm not being critical of that. Right. I just wasn't about the fact that there's another baptism. Mm -hmm. In Acts chapter eight, you got Philip who worked in the in the House of Mercy ministry with the with giving out the distribution mm -hmm. from the widows. 
says he was a man filled with the Holy Spirit and power. As one example, Acts chapter, he says, when the church was scattered, he goes to Samaria. So he's dealing with the racial area of Samaria, right? And he goes there and the Holy Spirit falls. He preaches kingdom, casting out demons. They're being water baptized. Well, when John and Peter hear, what? The Samaritans are receiving the power? Let's go check this out. When they arrive, it says the believers there, the Holy Spirit had not yet fallen on them. Look it up. Look it up in the Greek. It says in New Living Translation, King James, mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit had not yet fallen on them. And they were believers. Mm -hmm. And so we know what happens. The impartation occurs. There's prophecy. There's tongues. Um, we also see in Acts chapter 19. This is another interesting scripture. Paul goes to Ephesus, Acts 19, 1 through 6. He says, while he's in Ephesus, he finds 12 Greek brothers, some translation says, or 12 believers. The first question he asks the believers, it's not like if I met you on this, Abner, how are you doing? How's things going? No. The first question Paul asks the 12 believers is, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? When you believed. Now, hello, that messed with a lot. Um, we, we don't even know what you're talking about. We didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. He goes, well, what baptism did you experience? Baptism's an experience. When you're wet in the water of water baptism, there's an experience there, right? Well, he wants to know what baptism did. Well, they said the baptism of John. He says that was good unto repentance. Mm -hmm. But then he goes, he lays hands on them and they, 12 of them received the Holy Spirit and prophesied. So what's the point? We're all on a journey and we don't get everything during this journey Right. And we need the power of the presence of the Holy Spirit. And there's something in the environment of coming together. Let everything be established by two or three witnesses. Mm. So when we do inner healing, we always have at least two present. If there's a woman being ministered to, we'll minister with a woman present. And if there's a man present. And so because what happens they come in with their journal and they said, look, I need to confess all of these things. Mm. And we, now there, there's some, uh, work of course you asked them to do before and it said work and assignment. preparation like, hey, yeah bring this before the lord yeah what? ask the holy spirit yeah. james 1 5 says if you lack wisdom ask the lord so we tell them go before the lord and ask him who is it that i need to confess what do i need to confess and who do i need to forgive now we're we're kind of pain adverse we don't want to go back i didn't want to go back and dig up all of my uh, my stuff associated with um my dad and and all the stuff we went through as children um so I went in there with my list of confession and forgiveness items. And, um, and now, it, it what was, would you say? Because I know sometimes there, there are people uh, who have a different perspective. Let me put it that way. Like, Pastor Tom, what are you talking about? The Bible says the Son has set you free. You're free indeed. I got free when I got saved. What's the point of that? I've given it to the Lord. Why do I need to specifically do that? What What's the power in that? Um. Let me reference a couple of scriptures. I, I showed you in, in uh, Galatians chapter 5, he says, this sinful nature and the cravings. He's talking to believers who are spirit-filled. He goes, these forces are constantly fighting each other. There's another scripture that says, uh, Jesus says, take up your cross daily and follow me. Hmm. Nail your passions and your desires to the cross. So every day is a fight. Let me give you another example. Um, the neurologists are now studying thought life. They're looking at the brain. And they, we get somewhere between 50 and 70,000 thoughts per day. Now, not all of them raise to the level of consciousness, but we get thoughts and they say 75% of the thoughts we get are negative because mm. of the environment. Just turn on the news. Right, the right, right. So there are actually scripturally 
we're going to do a study on this, there are four areas or four realms where thought originates from. One is Satan, the God, of, he's, he's, you know, he's the demonic God, realm, right? Yeah. And he says things to you like, uh, you're never going to make it. Mm -hmm. um, why don't you end it? Or you're never going to mount anything. It's usually empowered by some stuff that's in our broken heart, things that are spoken over us right. as children, experiences we've had, bullying stuff. So we start to believe a lie. So one realm is from the demonic realm. It's real dark. The other is the broken heart. He said, at some point, I'm going to take your stony heart, I'm going to take it out, replace it, and I'll write on it. So our heart can be broken, stuff that we've experienced. The person that's been rejected, 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 good. they believe they're rejected, right. and they actually manifest it. Mm -hmm. So there can be this place of the heart, the demonic realm, then the world, the God of this world. You turn on the television, and the God of this world is telling you all sorts of stuff that, yeah. that is not aligning with Scripture, right? Even if the Supreme Court says so, right? So. <laughs> So the world, the heart, but then the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. John 14, 15, and 16, Jesus says, it's good that I go away. And the disciples say, it's good you're going away? Yeah, because if I go away, I'm going to send the spirit. He's going to lead you and guide you in all truth. all truth. And you can't bear all the truth now. Mm -hmm. I can't bear, I couldn't bear what I can bear now. Now, 25 years ago back, I've had more truth revealed to me now through yeah, the Holy yeah, Spirit. Yeah. So I can bear more. And he's on a journey in this good work of us till the day he comes where we're bearing more and more truth. That's the revelation of truth. So I believe scripturally, the Lord says, I want you to get empowered by the Holy Spirit. Uh -huh. He's the spirit of truth. Yeah. If you'll invite him in and then go and be transparent, confess your sins one to another that you might be healed. Yeah. And so my experience was when I went there and I thought I had dealt with all my stuff from my dad. Right. But I go in there and I'm digging up all the root systems of the past. And pretty soon they realize um, there's some stuff that this boy's got and the echo of the of the father. Uh -huh. When we experience the earthly father and we have all different experiences right, there, right. there's no perfect fathers. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but he does say that he's a good father. Mm. Right. And he'll give in. It's in actually in uh, Luke chapter 11. He, he says, disciples come and say teach us to pray and he shifts this thing and Millie says after he teaches them that he says that if an evil father can give a good gift to the children how much more would heavenly father give the holy spirit to those who ask him mm -hmm. so there's something about the presence the gift which acts one four talks about this gift of the spirit is the one that wants to lead us into depths of truth and so even as believers there is no limit to how much the Lord wants to give us mm. and the power of the Holy Spirit to lead us there. So what happens in prayer ministry is people become humble. James four says, if you'll humble yourself yeah, before you God, pause right there, I'll let you keep yeah. going. That's one of the biggest, I think things that I've observed in myself and with others who walk out that freedom that God has given them. And let me also say this. I think that a lot of the objections, even among spirit-filled people to this type of ministry, are based upon caricatures that are not even taking place in ministry. It's kind of like this. If somebody got born, person A got born again today, this is how God showed me. Person A got born again today, and they had a pain in their back. But they didn't immediately get healed. They got born again, but they didn't get healed in their back. Did Jesus pay? for them, for their back to be healed. Certainly, we have to apply that. 
And I believe that there's various ministries, various paradigms, that what we're doing is applying the freedom that God has given to people to specific areas of their life so they can walk in that freedom. He didn't say, I didn't, I didn't say to a person, hey, well, you got born again, you should be healed. <laughs> right. You go to apply that healing. Right. And I think these two interchange because quite honestly, I think it's easier to go, I got everything when I got saved. Yeah. I got that freedom when I got saved. But there's a humility in going, man, there's some unraveling I need to do here. Yeah, and I think that's key. When, when you think about um, whether it's healing that didn't manifest yet, right. Jesus paid it, it's past tense, exactly. right? But I haven't seen the manifestation of it yet. So there's something there, whether it's trauma in the body, trauma in life, um, or the timing of the Lord. But then he, uh, deliverance is the same thing, where um, when he says um, in James 4, if you'll humble yourself before mm -hmm. God and draw close to him, he'll draw close to you. Then you can resist the devil and he'll flee. Mm -hmm. So there's something very humbling. You exactly. Know, I can humble myself and talk to Jesus about my sin and he forgives right, me. Right, right, right. But I often have Christians come in frustrated with, why am I still struggling with this addiction, this temptation, exactly. this trial? Yeah, yeah. What's the hook? Um, what is it that's there? Now, there's a generational side of it. Exodus uh -huh. 20 and Exodus 34 talk about the sins of the father that can visit to the third and fourth generation. Mm -hmm. You look at a family trees and there's, whether it's addiction or brokenness, or there's also positive things, but they seem to come down through the family line. And uh, there's several translations says it affects the family to the third and fourth generation. Mm -hmm. So there's some generational stuff. There are soul tie connections that we have either partnered with spiritually, physically, emotionally. Right. Those things get unpacked. And when, here's some other scriptures. When two or three come together in my name, we know he's here. Mm -hmm. But when you two or three come together in my name in a desire to be set free of anything that's hindering, yeah. right? Then he goes on and says, there's life and death in your tongue and you'll have what you say. Yeah. Right? It also says, let everything Good. be established by two or three witnesses. Mm -hmm. So when you're in a setting with two or three people in that, and that person says, I want to forgive my case. I want to forgive my father for yep. the brokenness, the abuse, the alcoholism. Mm -hmm. And the stuff, the scary little 10-year-old boy, is, is the house dad coming home tonight? Yep. That echo of this father, can he be trusted? Mm -hmm. Because this father wasn't. He says in, in Psalm, I think it's 68, he says, he'll be a father to the fatherless. Mm. And every one of us has got fatherless areas yeah. or motherless right. areas. And so he's the great healer. And so when Christians come in and say, I'm so frustrated, I can't seem to get past my own stuff. Why? Uh -huh. This process of two or three coming together in his name mm. and in the process of confession and forgiveness, you actually get set free. Mm. That was my experience. When I left there, as I, I went there kicking and screaming. I was actually ordered to go. And I said, no, I'm really. But when I walked out of there, I said, oh, my gosh. And here's the amazing thing. My dad wasn't a believer at that point. And he, he went to treatment three times and finally got set free. And the last mm. parts of his 12 years of life was absolutely wonderful. But I went to meet my dad afterwards. Now I'm, I'm a grown man, I'm pastoring and, and I sat in the living room with him and I had all the memories, but the memories no longer had me. Mm. I was, a, I was totally aware. Now we're not good as men. Like let me share my heart with you. Right, right. But, but he also knew he wasn't a good dad in many places. Mm. And so he got saved a few months later. I don't know how much of my negative victimization stuff. When I realized He's more of a victim than I am. At at uh, at uh, he he goes to war at seventeen, 
Later, he's activated, goes to Korea, sees men die in combat. Mm. And so there was stuff. He was abandoned by his dad when he was 11. Um, the things he went through, I'm wondering, man, if I went through that, I'd probably be a lot worse off than he was. Right. So when I forgave him, I actually got free, and then he got free. And it was just a, a know, glorious transformation. We got about a minute and a half left, and I want to pray for a moment. But I do want to throw this out. It was even last week. I was... Um, it was, I think Thursday morning, I was just before the Lord. And I was like, you know, I think I need to forgive these guys. I think I'm, I got, there's something here mm. that I'm holding on to. And when I did that, it was like one of them called me. I hadn't heard from. It's amazing. And I don't have a theology <laughs> quite for it. Yeah. But it's like the, the, the disconnect that the enemy will allow in little places of our heart. Mm. And I'm not saying your dad got, but there was, there is something connected to it. Mm -hmm. And so this is why these things are just so, so important. And I, I want you to pray for people on this journey, or maybe people, have, I, I've never heard of this. I didn't think this was possible. Yeah. And I want to say this too. I believe in good spirit filled counselors. I believe mm. that these are all tools that God gives us to walk in the wholeness that he's Amen. called us to do. Yeah. So just whatever the Lord puts yeah. on your heart as we land the yeah. plane on this program. And I can relate to where a lot of people might be with, um, but I, I realize there are layers. Um, Jesus said, you'll know them by their fruit. And oftentimes people come in with anxieties and fears and torments mm. or struggles uh, and, and the Lord wants to unpack all those things. So what I encourage people is, Lord, I ask you to set up the divine appointments. Yeah. Let them study the scriptures because in them you'll find life. Right? Says, there's, uh, it says in Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is full of living power. or It's, it's sharper than a two-edged sword and able to cut between soul and spirit and is also a revealer of the intents of the heart. And, and so, Lord, I just pray right now that uh, those that are on a journey that are looking to get set free, Jesus is the one who sets us free and whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So Lord, I just thank you right now that you're going to release wisdom and revelation, divine appointments for those because you want your people free. Yes, Lord. You want, that's one of the things you paid for. Uh -huh. And so we thank you, Lord, for all of that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And I just, uh, I just come into agreement with those prayers. And if you're a leader watching this, I know we have many leaders who watch this, and you want a, a valuable resource, Global River Church, Wilmington, North Carolina, contact it, get a book, a manual, get them in contact them of how uh, they can help you equip and train leaders for this. This is an essential part of the ministry of Jesus. As always, thank you partners and friends for joining us. Pastor Tom, this has been a great pleasure. I know I want to have always. you back the next time we yeah. do this. And, uh, Thank you guys, and uh, if you haven't caught the first program, catch it on our archives.